Pod Pals and welcome back to Best Girl Grip. I'm your host Nicole Davis and this is the podcast that navigates the film industry through the lens of the women doing just that. I hope everyone survived Storm Eunice. I'm saying it Eunice, I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. Uh, it was still pretty gusty out and about today when uh, I popped to the shops and there were times when I felt like I was uh, performing a Buster Keaton skit. So yeah, hopefully you're indoors and keeping cosy. I have got a fun interview for you this week. My guest is Aisha Bywaters, a Biffa-nominated casting director whose credits include independent films such as Body of Water, County Lines, The Last Tree, Dirty God and Mari, as well as the TV series Enterprise and We Are Lady Parts. Most recently, Aisha cast the upcoming TV series adaptation of Dolly Alderton's memoir, Everything I Know About Love, the process for which we talked about a little bit. We also discussed Aisha's background in theatre, learning the film industry ropes at Shaheen Bayeg casting, branching out on her own and learning how to put herself out there, and also what it is she's looking for in an audition and trusting her gut instinct when it comes to casting decisions. I always enjoy chatting about casting because it's such an integral yet still strangely invisible part of making a film or TV show. And although there has been much more recognition for the work that casting directors do over the past couple of years, I still think there are so many nuances and elements of the role that we, myself included, don't necessarily grasp. So it was a real privilege to spend some time with Aisha and hear about her perspective on what she does and how she does it. This is episode 105 of Best Girl Grip. To kick off, I always like to start off just in the realm of university. I think that's, you know, if we do are lucky enough to go, I think that's often where we get our first taste of maybe what we want to do when we're older. So did you go to university? And if so, what did you study there? Yeah, I did. So I went to Leeds University and I studied politics. Why politics? Mm. I thought that I might end up working in the arts and I wanted to do something else just to learn about something else. And I was just, you know, I'm fascinated in sort of people. And I think politics is, is, is a lot just about people and decisions they make, but that sort of shape countries and shape yeah. the policies. So I just thought that was fascinating. And a lot of the politics I did was about leaders and leadership. And actually a lot of the politics I did was sort of uh, taking the speech of Henry V and referring that to speeches by Winston Churchill. So it, it, it sort of all tied in and I didn't know it as I was doing it, but it sort of always led me back to sort of people and I suppose mm. casting in a, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never realised that at the time and then it all, because <laughs> the dots all connect. <laughs> Upon graduating, did you have any sense of what you wanted to do? Were you looking to get into politics or that kind of you were suddenly actually, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. It was arts, you said. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, it was very much that I sort of knew quite early on that I didn't really want to work in politics at all. I really wanted to work in the theatre. So I left Genie and I started I did an internship and I applied for internships with different theatre companies I was lucky enough to get one with a theatre company in London called Tomasha Theatre Company as a producer's assistant so I was sort of shadowing and helping the producer and that was a three-month internship that was then extended for another three months and while I was there I helped the director of the the artistic director well I shadowed her while she was taking auditions and then it just suddenly all clicked and fell into place. And it was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I understand that now. That's interesting because you can make a career 
out of casting for theatre. So I'm wondering at what point kind of film came into the peripheral vision and you started to kind of look towards the film industry as perhaps also interesting for you to flex those casting muscles. Yes, I was heavily into thinking that I was going to work in theatre and I went on to do more internships in theatre at the RSC. You know, I I really wanted to work at the Royal Court Theatre. I thought all their theatre was amazing. So I was working for a casting director. I was interning. I did a lot of sort of internships um, for a casting director called um, Pip And while I was working there, she worked in musical theatre. One of her assistants at the time, they would get emails of, of sort of, you know, people saying that they had jobs. And there was a job at Shaheen Bay Casting. So I went and had an interview with Shaheen and I was lucky enough to get that job and that was my first proper job in casting and before that because it was two years of sort of these work experience internships I had done a little bit of work in film and television with with some casting directors for a week here and there but not much and so getting into film it wasn't where I thought I was going to be and in terms of I really enjoyed cinema but my knowledge, especially of UK talent and casting UK talent, wasn't that great. So that sort of became my challenge. Do you think in a way that was also an advantage, though, and perhaps part of the reason Shaheen brought you in was because you had a different knowledge base and maybe that in a way is an advantage to sort of know another area? Maybe not advise going the circuitous route, but do you think maybe that lent itself? I mean, you know, I can't speak for her and, and her decision process, but I think that you know, I'm I'm really lucky to have worked with her and she was an amazing teacher and mentor. So from my perspective, it was less about whether me, me having a different knowledge was of interest. And I suppose what she was really good at is helping me gain that knowledge. So it was all about, you need to learn about these actors that, that you don't know about. Here's all these films that you can watch. Here's, here's all this material. So that's what it became about the first couple of years that I worked there. Really, you know, absorbing and seeing and viewing as much as I could. Because it, it's just that level of, we worked in independent cinema and I really only had a knowledge of quite high profile actors. But there were all these other actors that I just, you know, I might know them by face, but I wouldn't know them by name. So it was, and she was really good at just advising and helping. And I suppose those skills are something that are incredibly important in our job. But, you know, I still use to this day when people come and work with me, it's something that I say to them, you know, you you need to, it's so important in our job. You need to watch everything. (laughs) And that includes the theatre as well. Those skills were still always there. And I still go to the theatre, now less, now once a week. But, you know, go to the theatre a lot. Were there any other lessons that you gleaned from working with Shaheen that have, like, stayed with you? Oh, so many. I mean, <laughs> you know, for, for for me personally, I think it, it, it was mainly just about really thinking about the whole cast. And how all the roles fit together. So I suppose there are times that you can see a a film or television or um, piece and you really like the leads or but sometimes maybe a member of the cast can sort of pull you out of it. Even a really small role can sort of bring you back to 
to, to reality. And it's about how does everyone fit in this world? That's really important, I think. And that's something that, that it was great to learn, that every single role is incredibly important. And then just to be, you know, to work with someone who is so passionate. And I think you see that in her work. And like, I'm speaking to someone who's a massive fan of her work and still gets terribly excited. Like, she's just cast a film called After Love. And I just think it's a beautiful piece of casting. And I'm sort of in awe of it. And I just think that passion comes true. So it, it, it's it's to always remember that and to, to pick work that, that you think that you can can cast well and whether that's something that's high budget or something that's an independent feature I I think that she always picks things that she's passionate about and that comes across so yeah I think those are great things to learn from her I'm also wondering if it was during that time that you kind of learned what kind of casting director you were and whether you would define the role differently you know how did you come into your own as a casting director during that time yeah I suppose the thing is when you work for someone else you are it's their taste and you're there to to have opinions to advise but ultimately it's their taste it's their decisions and the thing about casting is it's not like my husband's a statistician so there's a right and there's a wrong there is there is no right and wrong it's an opinion Mm. and there are some actors that some people just can't connect with sometimes and that's just it and there's nothing that can be done about that so I think that there were times when it would be oh I quite liked that audition that we just saw or and that didn't work so much for her so then it becomes a case of I think that I have a voice and something to say and I would like to try this for myself and at that point that's the point when you decide to sort of leave and you know I think that's a really tough thing like I worked there for six and a half years and I was having a really good time still learning all the time still really loving it but I suppose I felt quite comfortable and I suppose sometimes when you feel comfortable it's not the best thing and it was sort of like where do I go from here and the next step really felt like I have to try it and see if I can do it myself it was very scary very daunting but and I didn't know yeah you have to take that leap of faith so that moment of I guess pursuing discomfort came for you in 2015 like logistically how do you go about setting up your own company and and then establishing a name for yourself striking out on your own yeah I mean for me it was very slow it felt really difficult and I have no advice (laughs) no good advice about how to do that yeah it, it was just a case of Deciding that's what I was going to do, I sort of finished in a December. So it was from January onwards that I was then on my own. And it was like, okay, so what happens next? And there was one project that I was sort of already working on because at at that point there were things that I was sort of running with more in the office or slightly doing alone. And, you know, a lot of casting as well as sort of word of mouth. So some people didn't know that I'd gone out on my own or so it took quite a long time. I mean, there was a couple of things that happened to me that that led to, to more and more opportunities. I worked on a television pilot for a project called Enterprise with a director called Nida Manzor, who I then went and did another pilot with right. of a show that didn't end up being made. But then we did another pilot, which was called A Black for Lady Parts. And then the series of Lady Parts was made. And now we've just worked on a feature film. So that was a, a, a nice thing that happened. But, it, you know, it, 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 
it took a while and I realised that I'd have to put myself out there. I'd have to network. After sort of sitting <laughs> in the house for about a year, doing little bits here and there of people that knew I was free and feeling sort of like a bit depressed and like, this isn't going to work out for me and I need to pick something else to do. I decided to put myself forward more to contact people that I knew that might be sort of producers, directors, and just say, how do I put myself out there more? What can I do? Mm. They gave me their advice. They gave me contacts. They gave me people to meet. And slowly but surely it happened. But for me, I don't think that it's like been the last year where it feels like it's been quite successful. <laughs> Before that, it, it feels like, yeah, it's taken a long time. It also feels in hindsight really good because Along the way, I've developed a lot of skills and I feel very comfortable sort of Mm. in my own skin. So the first time for me, I sort of worked on something that I was I sort of looked at and truly understood who I was as a casting director when I went to a screening of County Lines, a film I worked on. And after watching that film, I was like, okay, there's a voice here. And that was a great feeling. And, and, you know, now I have that more and more. I see lady parts and I'm like, OK. And obviously in casting, you're working for someone else. So it, it it's about that collaboration. But I really started to see that I was, you know, I was helpful <laughs> to the people that I worked with and that, that I could do this. So mm. that was great. It was a great feeling. And that's sort of like 2019. Um, 2020 and then there was a pandemic (laughs) (laughs) you've mentioned there obviously your voice and this distinctiveness as a casting director I'm wondering if you can define that you know is there a mission statement or something that you think about that you feels like encompasses you know what it is you're trying to say as a casting director I suppose all I want to do is, I mean, you know, uh, it's so hard, isn't it, when you start trying to describe things, but (laughs) I want things to feel authentic, to have a truth, whatever that truth is. This could be set in in a dystopian future or, but what is the world we're trying to create? And then we have to stick to that and everything has to be justified in in my mind, in the director's mind. That's how I, that's how I want to, to go about it. So I had a casting the other day, say, and we are just about to get to a point where I think we're about to cast a a lot of roles in a film. And going into that casting, I was like, I think we're going to get some answers. And thank God we're finally going to get some answers. (laughs) But it's felt like until that point, we we haven't worked out exactly how everyone fits together. Mm. And so it's incredibly exciting. It's like to do, you know, you've got this jigsaw or something and and it's slowly starting to to put all the pieces of this puzzle together. I also find it really daunting and quite scary at the beginning. And I also at the beginning feel like, how are we going to do this? And that's how I want to feel, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I've been reading scripts recently and some of them have been absolutely, you know, amazing or interesting or, but I felt like, oh, I could cast this quite easily. And at this point, I still don't want to know. I want to be scared. I want to be challenged. I want mm-hmm. to, to find the answers. Now, some of that is just sometimes that you've done something quite similar recently. So you're like, oh, I could use these contacts or these resources. Yeah. 
in a year's time, it will be like, oh, I'll do a child search and not know how to do it again because, you know, things will have changed slightly. But that's it for me. And, you know, moving forward, it's really important to me to always be thinking about what I can do to be more inclusive. Because sometimes you, again, you don't challenge yourself in that way. So it's always, what are we doing in this script to make sure that people feel represented? But also, is that the purpose of this piece of material? Because it it shouldn't just be done for the sake of doing it. It needs to mean something. I'm wondering, you know, at the time when you were first starting out and you spoke about those difficult kind of two, three, four years, how difficult it was to sort of stick with that gut instinct of wanting to do maybe the character driven projects, the challenging projects, the ones that wouldn't necessarily require a household name you know was there ever any temptation to go for the easy project because maybe there was a paycheck there what we're talking about now is is a privilege and it's only been in the last year that I've been able to say no and it's been learning to do that and you know having conversations with people about I I was sort of talking with my husband the other day saying like I'm saying no to everything like you know should I stop should I you know do I need to calm down (laughs) And, and and it was like, but I know what I want to do. So so I want to wait for that. But yeah, of course, before it was, I, I wanted to work. It, it, it's that thing, isn't it? All the time of the goals change all, all the time. And also every experience that I've had is, has led me to, to this place. So I suppose now it's looking at material and, you know, fundamentally, it's like, does it challenge me? And also, will it make me happy? And there have been times that I've done jobs, supposedly, you know, great jobs that could lead to great opportunities, but they haven't made me happy. And listen, we can't be happy all the time. But if we can be, then yeah, I think that should definitely be one of our aims. So so that's really important to me now. Yeah, definitely. And then I'd love to ask a few questions that sort of dig into or unpack kind of what it means to be a casting director. Um, And the first one of those is, you know, at what point do you usually board a project um, and how long are you typically given to cast a film or a show? It's so weird because it it just varies. (laughs) But usually it can be, you know, relatively early on because you might need to have to attach someone of profile to get finance to get this film across the line and and greenlit. And so it can be quite early on that you're sort of brought on to to make lists, have discussions, start offering to, to certain people and see where you end up. And how long do you have to cast? Again, that sort of changes. It doesn't matter either way, if that makes sense. You should, how, however long you have to cast is how long you you then work out what your system will be. And sometimes if it is quite a quick turnaround and you just can't make that work, then, then you're sort of, you might decide not to take that job on. But, you know, you could have quite a long time. You know, sometimes you lose your car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or lose longer is always better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Earlier, you were kind of talking about thinking about the whole cast and sort of having this like very wide vision. So, I mean, I'd love to know how many people you're typically casting and how you sort of factor them all in. You know, is it thinking about sort of the leads first and then and then building out from there? Or are you kind of trying to keep it all in your head at once? And as you say, kind of moving the parts around to to figure out who's going to work well together. Yeah, so for for me personally, and the way I've seen it done most is you are starting with those lead roles and then you're going to those main supporting and supporting and then sort of your day player, Mm -hmm. you know, one line of roles. It sort of is working down a, a chain. There might be things that, so there might be a child role who isn't, you know, as large 
is more of a supporting role, but it's, it could take quite a while to find a child role. Mm-hmm. Or so you might start that earlier, or there might be roles that are quite specific and you might be doing more of sort of an open search and looking for unknown actors. So you might start those roles sort of earlier on. That's sort of how we go, go through it. But say the other thing that I've been working on recently, we've found our main role and then this person has, um, there's a main child role as well. So we've done that. But then there's uh, also a, a gang of people who the main roles interact with, but this whole gang had to, you needed to cast them mm-hmm. sort of together to understand how they all fit together. So it was sort of a separate aside, but that felt like the next most important thing to do. So it is, it's just sort of, you know, how are we going to go about this sort of process? Mm, almost like little pockets of casting Mm. as you said earlier there's kind of there's no right or wrong with casting it's a very subjective kind of medium and I'm wondering what kind of conversations you're having creatively with the director or the producers to kind of establish what they're looking for and maybe what their expectations might be and how how far you can kind of uh, deviate from those expectations but while kind of obviously still fulfilling their criteria Yes, I suppose it, you're having these conversations about from the beginning, you know, you've read this script, you're meeting with them and you're saying, OK, these are sort of the people that I think uh, are, are right for the role, gauge their response, their reaction. You know, sometimes it's not everyone's super articulate, not everyone's articulate in the same way. And some of people just don't know. <laughs> so sometimes it's about finding out what is wrong to find out what's right. So sometimes it is about creating these lists. And, you know, my whole thing is just be really honest with me about what you don't like, about what it's fine. It's great because it's helpful. It allows us to understand what you're looking for. And then, of course, I'm always going to try and push it for people that may not have been thought about or maybe people have a strong opinion against if I think there might be something that's right, it's like we should still keep them there or let's explore it more or let's talk about it more or say it's something you have to offer. Could you watch a couple more interviews and see something that you haven't seen? Or, you know, if, if it's about people taping, then let's just get a tape and let's see what they can do. I don't know how you feel, but there's just been so many times that I've not rated someone and been really surprised by a performance that they've given mm. because maybe it's just I didn't respond to them in that piece of material. So maybe everyone's completely right and they're not right for the job, but let's just check. I I don't think there's any harm in that. But also you have to hear people. Mm-hmm. And it is something that I think is quite, it's not, it's you, you you can't explain it. Sometimes it's just visceral. You just do not respond to someone. And if I'm hearing that, then that's absolutely cool. And we can move on. Mm-hmm. But I do just find it fascinating because if if me and five other casting directors all cast the same project, it would have a different cast. And it doesn't mean that it would be better or worse. It would just be different. I sort of find that extraordinary that's why you know I I love to see other people's works it's like I just oh I I don't think I'd have thought of them in that way yeah no I agree and I think the difficult thing with performance is that you never really know what's going on behind the scenes so you know what is contributing to that Mm. particular performance and what in a different set of circumstances or under kind of different direction would you know what alchemy would that then create so yeah it's quite funny isn't it to kind of yeah move actors around and see what happens in in different um, environments 
thinking about kind of indie films and maybe giving those people that aren't household names a chance. I'm wondering where you begin with finding those actors. You know, what does your tracking of talent look like beyond, yeah, as you say, kind of trying to see everything and, and going to the theatre? You know, you yeah, how, how do you go about pooling all those ideas together? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the thing is you are constantly on if you do my job. So you're constantly, mm-hmm. whatever you see, whatever you, you're just like, like I went to the theatre the other week and, and just thought, oh, I really want to cast such as one day. <laughs> I, I think that she'll be a star. Do you know what I mean? And that's just a thought I had. Who knows? Hopefully that will all work out. Sometimes you watch things that other people have done and you're like, this person's in it. And you're like, oh, brilliant that something's, you know, come along because yeah. they they always had that. You always knew. So it's sort of that. It's sort of keeping ahead of it is tracking it, you know. And the other thing now about, because I think as a casting director, you just want the best actors for the roles, whether they're their profile or not. There's a whole other side to this. It's a business that's terribly important and obviously keeps me employed. And that's, you know, something that you have to honour and respect. But ultimately, I'm just interested in the best people. So that's what I'm interested in is, is, is finding them any which way. Because of the pandemic and things like self-taping and how great everyone has become at that, it just gives so many more opportunities than you used to have when you'd have to, say, have a traditional casting at every stage. Because you've there's only so much time that a director has, that we have, that, do you know what I mean? If it's in a room every 15, 20 minutes, whereas with tapes, it, it's up to you how many or as few as you receive. And then it's just about having a chance to watch all that material. Uh, and I really love that. And even before everything that happened with the pandemic, that was how I was going about it. My first round of auditions, I liked to get actors to send a tape in, see what they could do. Mm-hmm. My whole thing about that is, and I would say to directors who are sending the tapes to, they've had no direction here. It's just them and the material. So anything you like about their performance, anything that interests you, we should meet them. And and that's how we go about the process. Yeah, that's really interesting. And actually, I kind of want to talk about self-tapes because you've got some really great kind of how-tos on your website. Um, but I'm wondering if, you know, there are any other big no-nos or advice that you can give actors for sending self-tapes. Just for me personally, I think the thing is, just relax. <laughs> Ultimately, we're trying to see you and your performance and what you want to do with the material and get a sense of who you are as an actor. So do that. You are given more allowances. An example I can give of recently is I've just worked on Everything I Know About Love. So on Everything I Know About Love, it was a a wonderful experience. But I suppose because it's based on material that lots of people are very connected to. And because, you know, the lead role is, is, is a memoir of someone. So someone that people may think that they know. They were losing themselves within the tape. And it was... And it, and it would become problematic. And I suppose that's the other thing that would happen as well with the pandemic is that people were at home a lot and had a lot of time to think. So we also had on that project a scene where someone was carrying a television and the amount of actors that were carrying televisions and sometimes extraordinarily large televisions. <laughs> but what was happening is you were focused, A, on the size of the televisions people were carrying and being like, wow, like, good for you for holding that for two minutes. But also, you can't do anything at that mm. point. Half of your body's covered. So uh, it's, it's not it's not an exercise. I'm sure we can all hold televisions. I'm sure that's going to be okay when you get the job. So it's just about you. Just show us who you are. That's all we need to see. I think, mm. I think that's really it. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. And actually, on the topic of everything I know about love, I'm wondering, you know, we can speak about that specifically or more broadly, but when you do have source material to work with and people, as you say, have kind of maybe very strong ideas about what those characters should look like, you know, how how do you go about navigating that? It was very important that sort of there were things that... So Emil Apperton is playing Maggie, she's called for us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to look at people that were a certain height and Belle's playing Birdie and she we looked for people that had Jewish heritage. It was, you know, we, we there were things that we stuck to. Mm. So th- those things were, but I, I suppose it's really hard. And it's really daunting <laughs> because yeah, you, you, you've got to honor this, this memoir that we have and be true to that. But also th- this is, it's been expanded upon and the world's slightly bigger than it was. And it was about finding these four girls that fit together. But also people, as I've said before, are really connected to that material in a way that I sort of knew, but didn't entirely know until I started working on it in terms of, you know, the people that were contacting us directly, the people that were like, this is my story. And those sort of things were really getting in the way of how they were uh, approaching it because it was so important. And it's amazing when something is so important and also makes you, as someone who's working on it, really aware of the responsibility of this. So it's going to be fascinating for people to watch it and to see if they respond to it. So, yeah, I mean, those were were mainly sort of the issues that, that we had with it. I'm very, um, I'm very excited for it. <laughs> Particularly for Belle Powley, I have to say. I just, yeah, she's she's incredible. I, uh, I mean, you know, these are the things like to, to to work with someone like that. I just think she's a wonderful actress. So to have her be involved is sort of amazing. There are actors that are slightly more new. You know, there's someone in it who's just come out of drama school. That's sort of amazing. So I really, I really loved working on it and loved reading the scripts. I, I, I think I'm going to really enjoy watching it and I hope other people do too. <laughs> I still want to talk about the audition process because it is something that fascinates me because I guess it's like a job interview. You're sort of seeing what they're like, but you're not actually seeing them do the job. So it potentially is quite hard to assess. You know, you're sort of seeing them do a few scenes, but not on a set and not with other actors. So what is it that you're looking for and how do you go about assessing your own instinct that what you're seeing in that room or on that tape is then going to translate you know down the line when they're actually making the film or the show yeah I mean I suppose essentially it is it is a job interview and like any job interview you employ someone and you don't know you don't know if they turn up to work the first day and you're like oh goodness <laughs> it's a little bit like gambling you do you just got to trust your instincts and trust that that was the right person for that role at that time there are obviously things that you can do like chemistry tests or you know to to, to check there are other things that you can consider in terms of what is that person like if you if you're having an in-person audition how do they treat the the receptionist at the building how are they with everyone how you know when I was an assistant it was like oh I've greeted that person walked them into a room they've barely spoken to me some very now very famous actors barely mm-hmm. speak to me they would enter a room and it would suddenly be like hi and, the, and, it, and it would be like oh okay their attitudes completely change and I once worked with a director who would ask because we had this I had quite a long walk with the actors and he'd be like what did you talk about how were they with you because that was really important to him Mm. to know that this person wasn't just going to be kind to him on set but there's a lot of other people on set 
but also you don't know about people you don't, they could just be really shy so ultimately sometimes you know it is it, is this the best person for the role and the rest of it you're going to work out as as you go along and that's the weird thing about my job is that you 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 do it you, you hope you've done a good job and then you sort of speak to the producer or director maybe the producer while they're filming or the director you might meet afterwards and be like, how was it? And then you find out all these things. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how do you know? Because you're not on set. You're just kind of sending your kid off to school being like, okay, well, I hope it goes well. That's it. It's, it's a bit like, I say it's like uh, everyone goes on summer camp apart from you and you go to these rap parties and everyone sort of had the best time at camp and you just weren't there. <laughs> We, we spoke about the conversations maybe that you're having prior to the audition post process with the director and, and the producers about what they want out of the, the actors. But then what kind of conversations are you having, you know, when you're about to cast someone and and maybe trying to persuade a director or, you know, how how do you come to an agreement, you know, or is it always deferring to the director's choice? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. It, it just varies from time to time. Like, obviously, there's a version of my job that is just you are just a recruitment consultant and you're bringing people to somewhere and, and a director or director producer or financiers or, you know, they're basically making the decisions. And that is that. Obviously, the more collaborative it is, the better for me. That's, you know, and those are the people that I try and, and work with and choose to work with if I can. But ultimately, it is not my work. And that's really, really important to remember that there may be someone that I truly love and thinks a great actor. But I suppose like we've spoken about before, if no one else connects with them, then that's okay. And I have to find someone that they do connect with that also hopefully satisfies my own needs. And if I'm finding some, you know, they're getting to a place where they are more interested in an actor that I don't understand why they're going in that direction, then I will try and see other people and different people or suggest people to see if we can find a compromise. And so far, it's always felt that it has been every decision I understand what why it's been made and it's the best decision for that project. Yeah, that's very true, isn't it? Like, even if you don't agree with it, as long as you know, kind of, yeah, as you say, why it's been made, you can kind of probably get on board with it. This is probably quite hard in terms of uh, asking you to pick something. And I know you've already spoken about County Lines as being perhaps a turning point for you in terms of that being like, okay, this is the type of casting director I am. But I'm wondering if there's a film or show that you're proudest of having cast or to go more granular apart that particularly sticks in your mind as being kind of hard fought for. Yeah, I mean, I suppose for me, the thing that I'm most proud of it is Lady Parts and all those main, those, you know, those those main roles, that band. It's really hard. <laughs> it was just really super difficult, mm. the whole thing. And then we cast it and we made this pilot and we were very happy with everyone we cast. And we lost two members of cast, one to availability issues, um, well, two to availability issues as we were starting rehearsals for the first series of, mm. of Lady Parts. So we got through the whole of that. And then, yeah, in, in August, we had to cast, cast again another role. It was tricky and it felt so hard to do. And I felt those girls felt so like a band and so connected to do it again felt like, well, we can't do it again because we've created something here. And then these other amazing actors came along and it's different, but it's just as good. And it's just as exciting. And I suppose the great thing is 
when I watch it, I'm purely watching it uh, for play. I'm just really enjoying it. Like, I'm so happy it's got a second season. I can't wait to see what those characters do. You know, it's a real labour of love, Lady Parts. Yeah, and just the pride of giving people that opportunity to show mm. how excellent and how funny they are. And to have people connect with it, I guess, in the way that they have and to have responded to it, I guess, is part of the dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that that is that is also really great. And I hope many more people see it. I mean, not to put a downer on it, but do you have a do you have a look at something that you've passed and and just learn from it and think, oh, that didn't maybe that didn't quite work as I'd intended, or you know, that's something to bear in mind. Yes, of course, there are things that I, th- I think that about all the time, and what, why, why did you make that decision? I think you have to be quite honest in the fact that there were a number of factors what why you made the decision that you made. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I, I do believe that it, this isn't just me. Sometimes you work with a director or producer and they introduce you to someone or they've just watched something or then you're like, oh, yeah, I thought of them, but I thought, no, they're like, should we get them in? And you're like, oh my God, they're, they're excellent. We should have got them in, you know, so it's like, why didn't I just, does it take a second to just take a chance or, mm. so yeah, the main thing I think I'm learning is to not be a naysayer, to always just give chance and opportunity. And another thing which you sort of discussed earlier is sort of, is there a way around sometimes decisions that are made that I don't necessarily a- agree with mm-hmm. and if not then fine but usually then like we we discuss you are sort of you're resigned to that and and it, and it's fine and you understand why it happened but ultimately not everything I work on is going to be great and I think that's okay it's yeah, you're not casting it in isolation no. like, yeah, as you say other people are pouring their own kind of ideas into it and this might be the same answer but I'm wondering if there's something that you consider to be like the biggest learning curve of your career or, or something that you wish that you'd done earlier the thing that I wish I'd learned earlier is to just sort of trust myself and believe in myself a bit more. I think a bit, I spent a long time being worried that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't sort of worthy. I, you know, I suppose you could call it imposter syndrome or, but I just, so I wish I had, yeah, just believed in myself a bit more and put myself out there. But as I said, I suppose it, it's all led to where I am now. And now I'm quite secure in the decisions that are made. And I suppose the thing that I want to to maintain is just to keep on trying and to not let things get easy. Because I think if they get easy, I'll be worse at my job. I, I want to keep on trying to push the envelope with it. Can I ask what believing in yourself looks like on a day to day, like how that manifests on a yeah on a kind of ordinary granular level? Yeah, I suppose it's trusting your instincts, isn't it? And there can be a time when you are, it's just, you're casting something and it's taking ages and it feels like you're never going to find the answers. And there's someone that may be great for the role, but not exactly how you first envisioned it. And But you still think that it exists and you can find it. So I suppose it's saying, you guys have got to trust me. Give me some more time. Can we keep on going? And I suppose sometimes you're just like, oh, everyone thinks I'm rubbish. Everyone thinks I can't do it. I'll just accept that and move on. So it's just on a day to day, I suppose it's making sure that everyone has faith in me to do my job. And we're not going to settle for something that we don't think is right because you think I can't get there. And that might mean that we have to have some difficult conversations 
about how you feel about the work that I'm doing. But it's for me to to sort of start those conversations and be like, how are we? What are we doing? What's our plan to, to, to sort of keep on going and keep my momentum up? So I suppose in my job, I spend a lot of time trying to tell people what I'm doing whether that's through emails or calls or whatever. It's like, these are our plans. This is where we are. This is what we want to do. So you trust me. Whereas I think before, sometimes I would just take the back foot and let you lead the process, the producer or the director, and be like, because I'm, I'm sure you don't think that that I can do this. And I probably can't, but for no other reason, but just doubting mm. myself. Yeah, that's a really good point, because casting is like quite a lot of research or like nebula. It's quite hard to pin down like what it is you're using the time for. So yeah, yeah like being honest <laughs> yeah. about like yeah. what that process entails, like is probably quite helpful. And then finally, um, I'd love to know what's a film from a woman director that you think is a bit of a hidden gem? I've thought about this and I was thinking about I really like the film Tony Erdman by Marion Ade. I just think it is the most wonderful, bonkers portrait <laughs> of a family and of that relationship that you have mm. with a parent and just it just really it just resonates with me. You know, and a film that is, it, it's long. It's like over two and a half hours long, but I just, I'm enthralled from start to finish. And I suppose we talked a lot about how I like character studies and they're not, neither of them are perfect, but you understand their, their point of view. I just think it's really charming German film. I think Sandra Hill is amazing in it. And yeah, I really enjoy it. It's one of those films where I feel like if you glimpse the ending or someone told you like how it was going to unfold, you'd sort of yeah. be like, I'm just not, I'm not going to enjoy that. Or I'm not yeah. going to get on board with it. And yeah, towards the end you're like yeah fully fully understand it fully love it never thought of it in that way yeah that's very good um, Aisha thank you so much for today I've really enjoyed speaking with you um I I find casting really fascinating so it's always a pleasure to sit down with a casting director and and get to grips with what they do a bit more so thank you for your wisdom and your insight today oh good thank you it was really nice to speak to you too Thank you for listening to this episode of Best Girl Grip. If you liked what you heard, please do rate, review and subscribe. It really does help to get the word out. If this is your first time listening, there is a whole bunch of episodes to keep you busy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. But if you're up to date, hold tight and I'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Mm-hmm.